Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of All Out Fitness in Cincinnati, Ohio, Sharif Martin. How are we doing today? I'm doing good, bud. How about you? I am doing great, man. I'm already pumped up from our pre-podcast, right? Pre-podcast to me is like pre-workout for people. It gets gets the juices flowing. So let's jump in. Tell me in your words, what is All Out all about? First of all, personal training studio. Um, not only do we train, we try to inspire everybody that comes through these doors. I always say it's a mind state first. My slogan is all out fitness. It starts with you, meaning there would be no me without you. And anything in life you do, it starts with you and your mind state. So we just try to preach that when you come in here, along with, of course, the fitness. And I just want you to know that I'm dedicated to you. You know, it's cliche, but saying the dream, the teamwork makes the dream work. So it's all about us coming together, doing what we're supposed to do and help me helping you. Man, uh, cliches are cliches sometimes because they're accurate. And I think that one is, you can't overstate that. So I love that you have, have that focus. So let's throw it back a little bit. I mean, you're, you're going on something like nine and a half years plus in business, in running this thing, you know, and a lot can change from there. But when you first started, what was your goal with the business? Was it to just have a cool job in fitness? Was it to build an empire, to build a team? Like, what were your thoughts of what this could turn into for a business? Um, I, I was really thinking small. I just, um, I, I was in the fitness business in Georgia before I moved here. I was a general manager of LA Fitness and I, I kind of slid into the training because people I was signing up, they start asking me to train them. And that wasn't my job. But of course, I, I kind of got into it on the side and fell in love with it. So when I came to Ohio, relocated, it was just more so I never met nobody that didn't want a personal trainer. It's about they can afford one. So I just wanted to make it affordable. So I, I moved to a location where the demographics was fine. The numbers was fine. I just wanted to bring that services to this area. All right. So you had you had the experience in the management side and that then training. So usually it goes the other way around for people. So you knew what the business side looked like. You knew you can make a living at it. You knew what numbers you needed to work and you figured out, all right, I go do this on my own. I'm going to bring this to the people that I want. And we're just, we're just kind of going to go from there and see what it can grow into. Yeah, I definitely think that was, I'm kind of, I'm glad that that happened for me on that aspect because learning the business first, you know, when I was at LA Fitness, we had to go out and market every day and get leads, meet 20 people a day and get 15 numbers a day. And I'm already a people person. So I already had that drive behind me to do that. So bringing that fast forward to ha have my own business, I knew I had to do the same thing. I didn't know nobody here in Cincinnati. So I had to go out and meet people daily and invite them to my place and talk to them and inspire them to join. So I've tried to hire people in the past and they didn't have that in them because they're so used to working at a gym where the gym supplies you with your clients. Uh, they got, they're, they're just sitting back waiting for the manager to walk over and say, Hey, this guy wants training here. Now you got to go out the money, the people's outside. So you got to go outside and bring them inside. And a lot of people don't have that drive. So I'm glad I had that first. 
Yeah, I think that it's one of those conversations that comes up a lot where I have a lot of owners that are like, oh, you know, I have great trainers, but they can't sell. They can't market. But they also don't. That works, I think, in a position where you're going to do the marketing and sales for them. It's hard to turn one into another. But the conversation I have all the time with owners, I'm like, just so you know, if you have somebody who's a really good trainer that can market and sell, there's a strong chance they're going to end up going and starting their own thing. Like those are, and you don't have a lot of people that, oh, you know, I could go out and get my own customers and train and sell this, but I'm just going to keep letting you take 20, 30, 40%. So it's one of those be careful what you wish for scenarios. And, and you're a great example. Like you were someone who knew how to market and sell and promote and could train your butt off. So you're like, Hey, I can go do my own thing because at the core, we know there's a lot of things that get layered on around this business, but almost anybody who can market, sell, and train can start, can get pretty far. So I think you're a living example of that. So the difference as businesses grow and mature over the years are, do you stick there and just get stuck as a personal trainer who's self-employed or do you grow a business? So you've grown a business from there. So what do you feel like some of the major points or skills that you've added on from just being a trainer promoter to now being a, a business owner, having uh, you know manager, employees, instructors, more clients than just you train. Where do you feel like that next level came from? Um, it's really just trial and error, and just knowing that you know you can't do it all by yourself. You know what I mean? It, it, um, we're better together. You know, so I just, I know I, I I can't be outside of the gym meeting people and bringing them inside if nobody's inside i know i can only train so many people i know i, I can only talk to so many people i don't want to be a one-man show it started out with just me but it got easier the more people that came on the team so i can say the gym can can run itself while i'm outside getting people to come in here because i'm the face so i don't have no problem i have a degree in communication so i don't have a problem going out and speaking to people going to business going to schools going to universities you know, selling my business and who I am and trying to get them to come see me. Absolutely. So you've got, you've got instructors that work for you. You've also got an, an assistant general manager. Is that right? Yes. Just my manager. A manager. Okay. I, yes. wanna, I don't want to miss yeah, mistitle anybody. I so, yeah. <laughs> so now looking back for, for people now you have trainers, you have manager, do you think there's a more important, more weighted first hire for somebody in this business? Do you think having a manager or another trainer, if one is, if you could pick one or the other, I know we'd all like to have both, but what do you think is a right now, knowing what you know, a more important first hire for someone coming from your direction? Uh, well, my first, I think my first hire was, it was important because she was just, she was an instructor. Mm -hmm. um, she was a former client. And she fell in love with the lifestyle when she got fit and reached her goals and wanted to instruct. And she asked me, could I help her become an instructor? And from there, she got certified to become a trainer. She fell in love with it. And she was like running the business along with me, helping me with a lot of day to day. Um, so now that's who my manager is today. And um, so, you know, then after that, we, you know, we, I let her, she's hired some instructors in the last couple of years, as well as a trainer or two. So, you know, just trying to our best to add on to the team is just if they can, 
you know, has to be consistent and staying with the team. Because like you said, life gets in the way and everybody don't have that drive. So they think this is for them and they realize it's not, it's really not. <laughs> yeah. So you had, I, you know, there's different business terminology. There's different things we call, but you had what gets referred to a lot of times as that true believer or first follower, somebody who's going to be what I would call in a non-professional, you had that ride or die and has grown into somebody who went from instructor to manager, right hand, however it is. So right do you feel hand. like it's, it's, that's the part that is more important, like the, not the position as much as somebody who is just bought in, who's going to be there by your side, who is that perfect culture fit that you could trust with whatever? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, like you said, it's not about the, the title. It's just about the individual, you know, and what they can bring to the table and, you know, balance me out, you know, complete. I call it complete balance. Like where I'm weak, she's strong. Or where I'm strong, she's weak. You know, so we just balance each other out, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So as you've grown and you've built this thing, you haven't stayed, you know, a one trick pony and just relied on training for revenue. You diversified that with one-on-one, semi-private, small group, but even went above and beyond that. You have apparel that you promote. You have nutrition services. So things that your clients are probably going to buy elsewhere and that they really need, not just gimmicks, you've added on. So at what stages did you start adding those things in and realizing, you know, the benefit that it's got for the customer and for you as a business? Um, well, definitely the apparel started first and that was more so on accident. I just had some shirts and some hoodies for just the staff, just for us. It was just three of us at the time. And I had a couple people outside doing some marketing for me. So they had some too. And the more and more I was posting things about my gym and I always, of course, was wearing my hoodies at the time it was wintertime. I have friends from different cities that I went to college with or played basketball with. They would ask me like, hey man, I want a hoodie. How much is that hoodie? Or how much is that shirt? And I said, they're not for sale. These are just my staff, but... So it kind of, that's how it started. So the more and more people, it was more so like, you know, demand. So I just started doing that. So you built a brand of something that you like, do you like the aesthetic of the quality and it, it was organic. It's just people that saw it and asked you, you didn't say, I'm going to build this revenue stream and force it on people. It went, right. it went inverted. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And then as far as your add-ons with the nutrition coaching has that been there since day one or was there a certain point where you realize like hey if people really want to make body comp changes they're going to either seek out a nutritionist or google something do something out of my control and i need to keep it in-house like how did that come into play um kind of like what you said we know nutrition is a big part of fitness and i, I have a i have a poster in my inside my place and it says um Fitness is like marriage. You can't cheat on it and expect it to work. And, it, and, it, and it's more so <laughs> talking about your nutrition, you know? So we always, of course, you know, as being trainers and in, the, um, in this, um, excuse me, um, in this occupation, we, we know how important fit, I mean, um, nutrition is. So we always talk about it, but maybe it was probably like three years in, um, I met a lady that had her own, she sold meals, healthy meals. So I was going through her. I'm buying them for a price and then, you know, selling them to my, my clients if they wanted them. And I did that for like a year. And then we, my manager, she became a nutritionist in the midst of these years. And she's a real good cook. And she just said, 
hey, we don't have to use, like you said, you know, just entrepreneur, we don't have to use the lady we was using at the time anymore. I can do these meals. It'll make more sense. So that's when we start bringing it to the table and we just, you know, offer them to our clients. Cause like you said, they're going to get it somewhere. Might as well get it here with us. So you're not just giving people nutrition planning. You have some meal prep in-house as well. Absolutely. Yes. So it's not just, Hey, you should do this. It's, Hey, this is what it should look like. And if you don't have the time or the knowledge, whatever the case, you can enter any different reasons why people might say they can't do it. Hey, we have this, you know, prepped. We can point you towards this and actually add another layer onto it. Facts, yes. Now, one of the things that comes up a lot with meal prep services, and I'm not going to ask you to, to get into numbers to that degree, but we know the margins on food are generally not that good, right? You can't make you can't make ten dollars on a ten dollar meal, but I do hear gym owners a lot of times talk about how it leads to retention or into people adding on more coaching or, you know, one-on-one sessions, things like that. Have you seen that same blanket effect above and beyond just it being a little more revenue, a little more profit to where it feeds into other parts of your client experience? Um, No, not really. I I think more so, um, like I said, we really just dove back into, like I said, you know, COVID shut all that down. So we Mm -hmm. really just started that back here recently and it's more so we try to um we do trial and error again like i said we, we talk to our clients about hey what do you think you need more of to help you reach your goals what do you what do you think okay you only lost four pounds this past month what do you think that come from not not eating right for the most part um why you haven't been eating right you know how important that is i just already had the time or whatever their excuse may be or reason may be so we just want to provide that by what if we were selling meals here and you can order so many meals a week as far as your lunch and your dinner. Would that help you more? And we just got some feedback and got a whole lot of positive feedback. So now it's, it's been going good. Like I said, we just started that here recently, but so far so good. And then it's people outside of here that don't train, that's, that sees the website, that sees the advertisement that they even call as well to try to get some too. All right. So you took feed direct feedback and found out, hey, there's a gap that we can fill. We're trying to be, you know, as much of a solution to our clients' goals as possible. We can layer this in, and if it sticks, we're going to keep it. If it doesn't, we're going to we're going to figure out what else we can do. Absolutely. All right. So something that's come up a couple of times, obviously, comes up with everybody who's been in the game a few years at this point is there was there was a hit from COVID. So it really seems to be localized in different by different locations. So everybody took an impact. How much of a stage of recovery from COVID would you say that you're at? And have you taken anything out of it that's actually been a positive that you're using now kind of post-COVID? Um, definitely took a hit. You know, like I said, definitely being a small business, you know, um, it, it, it was definitely a hard time. But like I said, we withstood it. Um, our clients, for the most part, I'll say 80%, we retained at least 80% of our clients, which was still good. Um, we was doing Zoom training, that, doing this, so that was that was good too. Because instead of just stopping training, we we said, well, we can we can offer this service now. We can have your time on the Zoom, and I can you know you can still train while you're at your house. So that was definitely good, and that brought another service to us as well because we wasn't doing that prior. But since that came, and our clients was doing that, now still some people right now that still don't feel comfortable going back in the gyms, and they still want to do that. 
So we still have a couple right now that still does that. So that definitely helped and brought brought in a di- added a different service that we wasn't doing prior, you know. And just wow. and just bouncing back, you know, just as a small business, just to bounce back is like I said, steadily, slowly but surely getting back to where we want to be at. Yeah, yeah. Adapt, pivot, do what you have to do. And if you can, if you're there to serve the community, serve your members, again, you see a gap, there's an opportunity. You do your best to try to provide a service and and some people will take advantage of it. So something that is a true kind of core belief for you and something that you instill. And I think this goes, it speaks to sales. It speaks to fulfillment, to retention. It reaches broadly across is, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but, but you're heavy on motivation. And I think you've said, you know, it's not just training body. We're, we're training mind. There's more to it than that. So that's something that really serves you across all areas of the business. So can you give us a little insight into what that means to you and how you execute it in the business? Oh, it means everything. Like I'm, I'm more so say I'm an inspirational speaker and not a motivational speaker. I try to say, if I, if I motivate you, how long is that going to last? Probably when I leave, you might not be motivated no more. I try to mo- more so say, I'm here to inspire you because if I did it, you can do it too. I know all the trials and tribulations we all had in life, but just dealing with me personally, everything I've, I've endured in life and overcame when I, I go around speaking as well. And I want people to know just from my, my trials and tribulations I've been through and overcame that, hey, I've I done this, I overcame this, I overcame that, and I'm here today. So if I can do it, you can too. But it starts with inspiring yourself and knowing you can. And like I said, that's where the slogan comes in, the all out. It starts with you. Whatever you tell yourself you can do, you can do. But a lot of people has that self-doubt and tell themselves what they can't do. And that's why they don't do a lot of things. So I just try to lead by example and just showing them, hey, if I'm here every day at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., if you want it, I'll be here for you. It starts with you. If you want me to be here at this time, I will be here. But if I got to be here, you have to be here too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a team. So it's just I just try to lead by example in anything I do. You know, So they, they know Sharif not only talking to talk, he's walking the walk too even with my personal life as well. So that, that means a lot to me. Yeah, if, if people believe in you, I think it makes it easier for you to help them believe in themselves because our biggest job, a lot of ways, and I, I don't mean to be callous about this, is we help people get out of their own way, right? Everybody Absolutely. can look up, they can look up exercise on the internet, they can go to Walmart and buy some you know, basic equipment or go to a you know, $10 a month gym, but we all in some areas of our lives get in our own way and having that person or people or team that are like, Hey, right. If you trust me, I'm, I'm going to take these obstacles out of the way. One of them might be you. And it starts with that faith, with that belief, right? If you think the person in front of you is full of it, they have zero chance of helping you out. Absolutely. All right, man. So there's, there's a few things that this factors into. And I think the biggest one that, that I'm interested in here is, is how you've grown and brought new clients in over the years. Uh, you've brought in personal training clients, group clients, you know, has it, because of the way you approach things, has it mostly been word of mouth and referrals? Have you translated this into, into paid advertising? Like, what have you done to get people to show up and be like, you know, I need to find out what, what Sharif is talking about in there? Um, my way personally has been face-to-face going out marketing. I'm old school, so I have flyers. I'll go out 
to anywhere where there's a lot of traffic, grocery stores. Um, you know, of course, the mall that's close to me. I'm just shopping places and try to pass out flyers and introduce myself and let them know this is me. This is what I'm about. This is what I have going on. If you're interested, here's my number. Give me a call. Let's set some up. Sit down, talk about your goals, and I can tell you what I have going on. That's that's my way. Um, but as a whole, I'm my manager, she does. But as we, that's been my way from day one. But as as time went on, it's been a lot of referrals. It's been a lot of word of mouth because like I said we've been in business for a while, so a lot of our clients refer other family, friends, coworkers. So might not have to do a whole lot of marketing as I used to do because now a lot of people know about us as far as along with the advertising on social media too. My manager, she does a lot of social media advertising. And um, so between social media, word of mouth, and me being my old school self, still doing the marketing face-to-face. -face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that you, you know, and I think you said like, you know, your communications degree and just just your general personality and disposition to know like, hey, we can do all these things, but ultimately at any point, if you need to, you can just get out there, beat the street, guerrilla marketing, hand-to-hand -hand combat and get some people to be like, yeah, let me come check this out. I'm interested. You seem like somebody I could follow. Let's see what you're all about. Absolutely. So with those, with people mostly coming in that way, something that I hear a lot is they say my, my intro or my sales process doesn't really feel like a sale because there's some built-in trust and faith. Do you feel like that's the case most of the time with you? And, and if so, do you, do you still put any type of structure around what the conversation looks like if somebody says like, hey, I want to come check you out. What, is, what does that look like? Yeah, I always say, man, one of my little sayings I got to say, I'm not a car salesman. I'm not here to sell you. I'm here to help you really, like you said, get out your way give you something that you that you want anyway. And even when they do come in, I tell them my slogan again, it starts with you, meaning there will be no me without you. I got your number, I called you, you answered, we scheduled, you came in. I said, see how many times I said you? So you are very important to this business. So let me help you reach your goals. And then we just sit down and just talk and I try to see what, what mind state they're in. You know, you definitely find out what people are going through when you sit down and talk to them, whether it's personal or professional. Um, and, you know, we, I just go with the flow. I really don't have a, I do got some things that I say, just like I said, it's not really a script, but of course we get your basic information, your weight, your name, I mean, your weight, your age, your height, talk about what your goals or what's your goal weight. Um, what do you see yourself in a year from now with this training? You know, I just try to fill them out and a lot of, what I find out is a lot of people don't see themselves ever getting that goal weight because they haven't been that weight in so long, if ever. So, so that lets me lets me know that they've probably been overweight majority of their whole adult life, and they haven't been that goal weight since they was probably in high school or college. So that it don't seem attainable to them, you know. And I tell them, no, it's definitely attainable. You have you never had a personal trainer before, but you never had to do be accountable for what you had to do outside of here too. So you can definitely do it. It's just about once again what what you willing to put in so you're really seeing where they want to go in in establishing like hey these are the things that you've tried before you're getting to know someone and really seeing what that gap is that accountability that trainer and showing them basically holding up the mirror and saying hey you can do this this is the path do you feel like right now 
you're at a point where you, where you can put the work in because I know I can get you there. Definitely. So that definitely sounds in that same line of more inspirational than motivational. Absolutely. So it just, that theme just, just plays out, plays out and repeats itself. And I think <laughs> that's what, when people talk about being authentic, I think it gets overused a lot. It's one of those things that, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I, I just put on the same mask all the time for everybody or whatever. But like, I think authenticity is when some, when somebody doesn't tell you how they're the same all the time and you just see it, right? It just translates naturally. I think if you have to tell somebody you're authentic, you probably aren't. But for you, it's like, hey, this is how I, this is what I wanted the business to be. This is how I've grown it. This is how I treat people. It just all goes in that same line. So it's just like, once people meet you, they're like, all right, I'm getting the same Sharif morning, That's noon, night, up. month after month, whatever it is. Person. Absolutely. Now I'm just saying, yeah, absolutely. They, they say that all the time. <laughs> all right. So we know where this came from. We know what you're doing in your four walls today, but you still have this goal to serve more people, right? Um, doing, you still have some online, but there's a possibility that you're going to expand, maybe go out to a second location and something that's been floating around in your head for a while. COVID maybe slowed it down a little bit, but what does that look like for you current day? Like, what are your, what are your goals for possibly opening up another location or, or serving more people in a different way? Um, um, like I said earlier, it's just more so um, really just doing it now. I mean, I've been talking about, like I said, for a while, um, I was really close to making that happen meaning um, doing the footwork and finding a location, seeing what part of town I wanted to be in pre-COVID. Since COVID is dying down a lot now, I just really started thinking about it since the weather broke. So it was like since, since spring came, so maybe like in April, I just um, talked with my manager and thought about, hey, we should revisit this again and start really considering this again because once again, you know, it's, people are real health conscious right now and people work out daily. But it is more so about, you know, finding the people that are really looking for this this type of um, um, this type of just um, bringing this to the community because there's a lot of fitness centers around, but there's not a lot of smaller mom and pop spots that's offering this personal training, you know, because like I said, I, I feel like if you wasn't, if you don't, if you wasn't an athlete in college or professional or um, wasn't in the service or don't c compete, a lot of people don't know how to work out. You know, and that's not a knock to people. They just know what they know. They go in and do what they do, you know. they, And that's what I seen when I was at LA Fitness. You see people come in every day. And I used to, that was my job as a manager at the time before I became general manager, just to talk to them, act like, ask them, how's things going? I see you come five days a week. How much weight have you lost or how much muscle have you put on? And a, a woman might say, I lost five pounds in the last three months. And I was like, you know, you would be amazed, like, really, only five pounds? But I wouldn't tell that to them, but it just let me know. They really don't know what they're doing. They're really just coming to work out to maintain. But you're not going to a gym five days a week just to look the same. You're trying to look better or tone up or gain weight or something, you know. So that's kind of what really got me into training to help let people know that you don't have to put all that time in. You don't have to be in a gym for an hour and a half or two hours. You can get a great workout in 30 minutes, for real, if you know what you're doing, if you're with the right people. 
So just move, I don't know if I answered your question, but moving forward with the new location, is this more so um, I'm closer to it now. I'm, I sat down with my um, with my people a while ago, and we definitely wanted, like I said, just take steps every month, getting closer to it. And this time next year, I would love to have a, another location. Absolutely. So, and you did answer my question, but to follow up with that, I'm always curious to... You know, it sounds like you have a really good thing going right now and not to knock that at all, but as time grows, as we have flexibility, as you, you get to dream up this next space, is it going to be a photocopy, do you think, of what you have now or are there any things you're going to do different, different equipment, layout, size, anything that you think you is on your wish list that's different from the facility you have now? Um, I would like for it to be bigger. And, and have um, a couple different things going on inside. I mean, what I have now is cool, but I like the second location to be a little bigger, a little better, and to bring a little more things going into it. Like I said, with, with, more, with a, better, a bigger location, I, I would like to probably add some protein drinks inside there, some, nutri some nutritional smoothies or something. You know, um, I would like to have an area for the apparel because right now we really don't. We have a little, little case out here where we got, so I'm just showcasing a couple of t-shirts we have or leggings we have, but I like to have, you know, the bigger the place is, the more you can have going on in there. So that's definitely what I like to have and like to see. So in typical gym owner fashion, you just want more things that you can give to your clients, more ways that you can serve them, make a, a bigger, better, nicer. Everything is client-centric. And like, hey, well, how can I give more? And then that feeds back into the business and not just how can I charge more? How can I do that? It's just like, hey, if I give more to the to the community, the people I'm serving, you know, we go from there. So I love that. Yes. All right, sir. We are just about out of time. So last thing, this is going to be an easy one before we let you go. If people want to find out more about All Out, where's the best place to look for you? Website, social media, where can they find you? Um, everything. Website is alloutfitness.com. Um, Instagram is Team All Out. And um, Facebook is um, me, Sharif Martin, or Team All Out as well. So them three, Facebook. If you're out there listening, find it, right? All Out Fitness, um, Team All Out on Instagram, Team All Out on Facebook, Sharif Martin. Notes will be in the show. Sharif, I really appreciate you being here with us today. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate your time and I wish you continued success. Appreciate you too, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We hope you found value, education, inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. 
Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Jared Callio from RPE Strength and Fitness out of York, Nebraska. What's going on, Jared? Welcome to the hey. show. How are you doing today? I am excellent. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well myself. Thank you for asking. Awesome. That was a little tongue twister there for me in the beginning. Uh, it's it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining today and you know giving some of your time out of that busy gym owner life to be here with us. Um, but cool. Let's not waste any time here. How did you get started? What is it you know that made you want to get started with owning your own fitness facility? Um, you know, funny thing is, I'll, I'll go way back to when I was in college, I started as a, uh, a business, an undeclared business major. And uh, I was two years behind getting into my health and wellness class. And when I took it, I was like, hey, this is kind of interesting. And I went to the uh, academic advisor and said, what can you do in this? And they said, well, you can, you know, you can be a doctor, a chiropractor, you can own a gym, you can be a strength coach, whatever. And I said, oh, that sounds, sounds like fun. I mean, this is really interesting. And uh, ironically, I didn't think I would actually own a gym. You know, I thought it would be more of the strength coaching route. Um, but I, I, once I got into the professional field, I worked for my brother who's a chiropractor for a while. Um, and then I, I took a job here in York as a uh, exercise specialist at a hospital where I was at for about eight years. Um, after overloading my schedule with clients, I had, uh, through the, the suggestion of, of my clients and, um, you know, some friends, they're like, Hey, you should open a gym. And I said, Oh, it's not going to work. You know, I even had a client tell me that, uh, you can't charge that much in York. Nobody will pay it. Um, you know, cause at the time it was going to be just, you know, 75 or hundred dollars a month for group training. And, um, and so am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Yes. Go for it. Okay. Okay. Well, I was <laughs> in the car with my mom actually coming back from a trip to Wisconsin and she, we were talking about it. And I had a a friend of mine uh, lived in LA and he's a military guy. And he said, Hey, you should come to LA. If you're half as good as you think you are, you'll make a hundred thousand dollars a year out here. Yep. And I just felt like I had unfinished business here in this town. And so I talked to my mom about opening a gym and uh, my mom doesn't cuss, but she said, if you're going to do it, just fucking do it. And she goes, worst case scenario, you, you know, you're a little bit in debt and then you can move to LA. And uh, so when my mom gave me that bold statement, the next day I started planning the gym and about a year later, um, I had the, the nuts and bolts of it. And when we got our, our, uh, gym, the actual physical location, my clients that were already with me were, were willing to volunteer their time. We cleared out 800 or something bales of hay out of this old gym storage place, uh, so that we could clear it out. And within about a month, I think we were open. Um, and uh, you know, it was an interesting process because it felt like we were free. Um, we had the opportunity to kind of do what we wanted to. And I had about 20, 30 clients that, that kind of came with me um, to that. And then it was pretty much um, progression from there. And then after about five years, uh, when COVID hit, we had a little bit of a, you know, a hump like most gyms did, but we actually found a gym location. And if it wasn't for COVID, we would have never found it um, because one of my clients was driving around one day and saw this building and was like, hey, you should call so-and-so. Um, and ask him about it. And so we ended up buying a property during COVID, which I think a lot of people probably wouldn't have done. Yeah. Um, we, we spent uh, a good bit of money on, on a two acre property with an old auto shop. And uh, so that's where we are now. We've got, a, a, I would say a well-oiled machine, but it's, it's got some leaks, but we're, we're working on that. So it's been pretty good. No, I, and I always say, you know, 
some people talk about luck and who deserves to receive luck or, or calling people lucky now and i always say it always comes to the people who who take the risk right and and you know get out there and you know make the decision to try something new to take a risk that maybe other people would doubt like you said people were doubting your pricing doubting mm -hmm. you know what you were able to do you took the risk and, and now it's starting to work out so that's awesome um but but i would love for you to give the listeners your own elevator pitch of rpg strength and fitness and the services that you guys offer rpe strength and fitness yes um you know so when i started the gym and i was trying to come up with an idea of a name you know i, I probably shouldn't have picked one so long but you know my idea was you know with rpe anybody who's got a, a background in exercise science knows that that's a scale of of essentially like intensity you know kind of that idea of like all right if you come here we're going to help you find the intensity and and we're going to make sure that we're all you know relatively working out similar because that's where we want the progressions but you know, if somebody comes and, and, you know, is a potential client or a new client and they say, you know, hey, I want to come to your gym. What's it all about? Um, usually what I say is, you know, first things first is we all to a degree need to have some type of physical activity, you know, and for some people that might be getting up and down out of a chair. Um, for others, it might be, you know, just doing basic, you know, body weight exercises, or it might be somebody, you know, squatting 400 pounds for reps, you know, and so what we try to do at our gym and in our program is, you know, establish a baseline of, um, you know, just kind of general physical ability. Mm -hmm. um, and then within that, we try to, you know, follow uh, a recommendation of like, okay, well, this workout should feel intense. You know, this should be something that, you know, when you get done, you should feel pretty tired and, and we're going to help guide you to the intensity that's going to get you there. Um, other workouts, it's like, this should be something that you could do easily 10 to 15 repetitions, knowing that you can move on to the next one without having to take a break. And so, you know, myself and, and my coaches, we try to do our best to get clients within that range. And of course, you know, you got some that want to work a little harder, some that want to maybe not go quite as hard and that's, that's perfect. Um, you know, but as far as a general recommendation, anybody who comes into our gym, we try to encourage them that, you know, we want them to have the capacity to be challenged. You know, every workout that we do could be challenging if the person wants it to. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, you know, we want them to have the comfort and the confidence and um, the ability to come in and, and perform and, and kind of empower themselves through uh, their physical abilities. And so um, just something that, you know, I'm very passionate about. And um, I'm fortunate that, you know, you've probably heard the phrase, you know, uh, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. And, and for the first five years of the gym, I think I worked between 65 to 80 hour weeks for about six to $8 an hour. Um, and not once did I wake up and call everybody and say, Hey, uh, we can't gyms closed today because you know, I need a personal day or whatever. Yeah. Um, it, there's been some days it's harder to wake up, but that's just because I have a dog waking me up in the middle of the night or something like that. But otherwise I'm very fortunate to be in the industry that I'm in and, and happy that I have the support, uh, from, from our clients in the community. I love it. I love it. So, so you're offering, you know, mainly group training. You started diving into the private training space um, within the last few months. You hired, you know, a couple more trainers. Um, that leads me to my next question about how many members are you currently serving right now? So I would say we're probably in the, in the ballpark of about a hundred total clients, you know, our group training, we probably have between about uh, 75 to 85 um, that are pretty regular. Uh, we have some clients that are on punch cards that, um, you know, they supplement it with some of their other workouts or aren't able to make it as frequently because they're not uh, as close to our town. Um, yeah. I do a senior group that has somewhere around 10 
uh, probably eight to 10, uh, pretty regular um, that we meet with, um, you know, two days a week, usually for most of those gals, uh, gals and guys. But, uh, and then we, you know, have a small kids group that we're, we're trying to expand on a little bit, but I would say somewhere in the ballpark of about a hundred, you know, total active clients um, that we're working with currently. Awesome. Awesome. So you're sitting at about a hundred members. Um, I do always like to ask, is that a number that you guys want to stop at or are you trying to hit the gas right now and see some new faces? Well, and that's, that's a tough one because I would love to see probably in the 120 to 125 um, active clients. And that would be just for our group training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, meaning I'd like to get about 30 to 40, uh, you know, clients in those um, you know, like a lot of gyms, I think sometimes they're clustered and right now our our earliest two groups could have anywhere from 12 to 20 um, with our 5 a.m. and our 6 a.m. group. And so when a new client starts, um, I never want to turn anybody away. Uh, but at the same time, as I'm having that discussion with them, I try to steer them towards the afternoon groups if possible. But I tell them if it's a difference of them coming in or not. Um, one thing that we did with this gym um, is with COVID in mind, because we were in the middle of COVID when we built it, we tripled our uh, rig space. So we had five squat racks on a wall mount at our old gym. Um, and we have 16 squat racks on two separate rigs right now um, with about a 10 by 12 space for each one. So at the time, we didn't know if people were going to be able to work out together, if we were going to have to wear masks or whatever. So we went ahead and spent the extra money um, to outfit the gym. So that way we could have the space uh, for people to work comfortably and safely. And luckily now we don't have to worry about it quite as much. Um cool. But uh, I joke that, you know, we're a little bit spoiled now because people kind of have their spots that they like. And we kind of laugh that, you know, sometimes you come into a different hour and somebody else likes that spot. And so it's uh, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it's a fun dynamic that we have. But, um, you know, we I'd like to grow that to, you know, somewhere in that 115 to 125 for our groups uh, in particular and then expand on some of the other ones, um, you know, but allowing my coaches to, to kind of also grow their own. Um, you know, clientele, particularly on the one-on-one side as well. Awesome. Awesome. And, and yeah, you know, it's a, a good perspective to have, you know, you, you don't always have to double, triple your membership to continue growth as a facility. There's mm-hmm. a lot of ways that you could build from within the membership that you already have, um, you know, like changing, you know, dates of payments, adding extra layers of service, like you said, um, being able to to bring clients to, to personal training. Um, and I know you are trying to grow the group training side of things a little bit, see some new faces in a way. Um, so what type of things do you actively do or just in general, what's your, um, not tactic, but your process for getting new members into the door? Do you, you know, is a community outreach? Um, do you do any type of paid ads marketing? Yeah. So it's the marketing thing was definitely something that was hard for me. And, and last year I hired a mentor to kind of help on that side because I was a client actually told me one time, they said, Jared, you have all these great ideas, but you never do them, you know, because I, I was definitely an overthinker. Um, currently we do a, a, just kind of a low budget uh, paid uh, Facebook ad, um, which has done a tremendous amount. Uh, I mean, there's ironically in a town of 9,000 people, there's a lot of people that didn't even know we existed, um, mm-hmm. you know, that were, I you one even said, uh, yeah, they even said, I wish I would have known you're here. I'd have been here five years ago. And so that's my fault. You know, um, I think early on when I was by myself, I was afraid to grow too much and get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that I have the staff, you know, to support it, um, we've primarily been using, you know, Facebook marketing just because we're getting between, you know, two and three new clients a week, um, probably. Um, and that's about as much as our staff can handle uh, at this point. But 
Um, community outreach is something that I would I would definitely love to grow on. Um, you know, just working potentially even getting into more of the corporate side, just because uh, again, especially adding the nutrition in, you know, that's something that I would like to grow on. Um, you know, but primarily we're just using Facebook right now. Um, we've done in the past, we've done some partner events and we've done some like bring a friend things, um, which again is something that I would love to bring back. Uh, I think it's just a matter of manpower and how many uh, kickstarts and intros we can do in a week. And, and I, and I say that because the quality of service that I want myself and my staff to be able to provide um, has to meet a standard for us. And so if we overwhelm, you know, our groups by, by just cramming people in uh, those people that have been with us for a long time, that may also reduce their experience. And so we yeah. want to make sure that, you know, we're not just mass, you know, trying to promote and, and get every new client, get to that 125 over the next two months, um, but do it in a way that we can get two or three clients a week, make them feel really comfortable and, um, you know, have the group dynamic stay pretty consistent. Um, and so that's, it's worked for us. And, and I hope that that continues that way, um, you know, here over the summer. Awesome. Awesome. Really smart. And, and, you know, you're very right. There is such a thing as growing too fast, right? Like you said, you should have systems, processes in play so that you can be prepared for growth if you do want to scale your membership and, and grow your membership at, you know, more of a rapid rate. And I agree, community outreach is huge. It's always important for, you know, building a strong baseline of members. Um, but, but it is hard to track and hard to make a game plan for mm -hmm. growth out of that, right? So, you know, although last month you could have gone a couple, five members from word of mouth, um, you can't guarantee the next three months will be the same. Yeah. So, so that's one thing where I see uh, the same that Facebook ads, Instagram ads, it's completely, you know, changed the game, the landscape for gym owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, go ahead. It's been super interesting. I I would have never like the first Facebook ad I put up and I feel bad because there were a lot of people that didn't even get responded to because I had not, I didn't have the capacity <laughs> to do it. it. And it was like overnight I had like 62 inquiries. Wow. Um, and you know, I think I ended up having nine new clients or something like that out of the first week or two That's of that thing. Facebook ad. And so I actually took it down from just $10 a day down to one just so that it would go out there a little bit. And, you know, I, I recently bumped it back up a little bit, but it's like, it's kind of like opening the faucet and, and all of a sudden you realize you can't keep up with the water that's coming out. And so we, we dialed it down a little bit, but, um, Not you know, a as our process, no. And, and that's what, <laughs> when I was talking with my mentor about it, I was like, you know, I was overwhelmed, but in a positive way, like the fact that people are on Facebook and they're looking for gyms. And, you know, earlier when we were talking about, um, you know, just kind of the different, the group training of different things is, you know, the sales used to be hard for me because I felt like I was trying to like sell somebody on our service. But, you know, one of the best things that I learned was, you know, we're basically just problem solving, you know, somebody comes in and they have a problem and their problem is that they want to lose weight or they want to get in better shape or they want to have a 400 pound bench or whatever it is, you know, and we're just providing them different solutions to get there. And so, um, and I actually have referred people out as well. So, I mean, if somebody has something that Maybe, you know, they're competitive in a sport that I maybe don't have the proficiency to coach them in, you know, I'll try to help them find somebody. But um, it's something that I think, you know, the sales part, especially, I'm really enjoying sitting down and talking with clients. Um, I, I kind of missed that part because I was just a trainer all day long. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying that. And so it's just a matter of, um, you know, with the, with the ads, like, I want to get people in and I want to talk to them. And so if I can't get them in, I feel like, 
they're missing out on a key part of that discussion too. And, um, and so, you know, I try not to make it like a, like a hard sell, but most people, when they tell me like what they want and I tell them like the services that we offer, I really feel like we can help. Them. And, and it's not just because I want a number and I want, you know, cash in the bank. Um, and, and sometimes I get a little emotional, even talking to people about their, their goals, because I've seen some people really change, you know, over the years. And so it's been a big po a positive for that. Right. We, we don't, I always tell people, we, we don't sell fitness. We sell results, right? We sell a lifestyle. Yeah. We're problem solvers um, and really good perspective to have. And even, you know, it goes back to what we talked about earlier and, and important to have a sales process. Like you said, once you have a lead gen system going like this and people are flowing in, um, it's not only important to be able to keep up with the leads, but but be able to close the deal and sell mm -hmm. them, you know, so that you could be able to help them. Um, yeah. Would you say it's like in your goals to maybe hire more people so that you could focus more on the sales if that's something that you enjoy and kind of scale up more? Or are you trying to stay at like, you know, a steady number? Um, you know, that's a tough one because again, if, if I think if we got to the point where we had that 115 to 125 group clients, uh, that the finances would be there for us to, you know, hire more staff, you know, spread the load a little bit, you know, those kind of things. Of course, I'm a little bit, uh, type a, in the sense that I do like to have my hands into just about everything. Right. Um, and I do actually enjoy training people. So I know a lot of gym owners, they want to get to the point where they're out at the gym and they're basically making, you know, money being on the sales and the, and the behind the scenes. Um, I like to be in the gym too much, but at the same time, you know, I even thought about it today. I was like, you know, it would be nice at some point to have uh, even just a manager, like, you know, maybe someday, you know, somebody to kind of help keep us all accountable internally, mm -hmm. um, you know, and follow up and do, you know, some of the intros. And um, because right now it kind of all revolves around my schedule and then my two coaches that are helping out. So I definitely think that maybe one or two more part-time coaches. Um, and then in the future, especially if I do end up, you know, maybe opening a couple locations in some smaller communities, um, having somebody to help manage all of us, uh, you know, combined would be, would be an asset. Right. Right. I mean, one of the, the best skills to have is to be able to look at the things that, that you are good at and that really move the needle forward for you and be able to focus on that and pass the other responsibilities on to someone else. If you feel like training, although yes, important to have your face there at the gym, uh, be able to, you know, get out there with the members. If you feel like the needles push forward more for you to, to be sit there and maybe focus on the sales or focus on growing the business, that it's important that, you know, you're able to structure things that way for you. Um, mm -hmm. But awesome. So a question that I do like to ask here, just so you know, I could see kind of where your headspace is at from, you know, the past seven years of you being a gym owner. Um, but what was something that was more difficult than you thought when it came to running your facility? Um, a number of things, you know, I would say early on in the gym, what was more difficult was probably just keeping track of everything. Um, the one thing that I hired out was accounting because I knew that I was terrible at that. Yeah. Um, but the, the more difficult part, I think, would have been client retention. Um, mm -hmm. I was very fortunate that a lot of our original members still come in, um, but I didn't have the, the, the knowledge and the capacity to, um, you know, if a, if a client missed a couple of days, I wasn't picking up the phone like I should have been, um, you know, like just having the, again, I use the word systems, but it's like having things to remind me that, you know, 
uh, a lot of this behind the scenes stuff is way more important than I gave it credit early yeah. on. Mm-hmm. You know, early on, I thought it was cool gym, cool equipment, fun program. People would come, you know, and I've learned, especially over the last, you know, probably two years that, you know, the the client experience trumps anything that we have. Um, anybody can work out, you know, at home or at a gym and follow any number of online programs that are way better than anything I can offer. Um, but, you know, we provide the accountability, the coaching and the community that I think a lot of people miss. And especially with COVID, we were cooped up for so long for for many people, like their jobs didn't let them hang out. So that social aspect, uh, some of my clients, that's pretty much all the social they get in a day is their one hour in the gym. And so we want to make it an experience that's really good for them. Um, but yeah, difficulty wise, I think uh, also to uh, metrics, you know, I think you and I mentioned earlier that you're a numbers guy. Uh, I am not. And so learning about like what it takes to make the gym profitable and not just pay myself a paycheck. Um, I know. was way off on yeah. what I should have been charging for training. Um, I, I looked at my, my information and I'm probably at about uh, 400% more than, than the training cost of what it would have costed when I first started. Wow. Because all I was thinking about is what I was going to take home per hour to make my bills, not what it takes to pay insurance, to pay, mm-hmm. you know, stuff and, and have enough in the account. If a treadmill breaks or if, a, you know, whatever, like those things didn't even exist. And so now it's more of like the difficulty then would have been managing the numbers and figuring out what it actually takes to run a business. And now it's more like, okay, let's make sure that we have the ability to take care of everything before it becomes a problem. And so um, that was a huge thing for me was learning numbers. Very introspective. It's funny that that when we first started speaking, um, not that you're concerned, but you're like, how'd you find my little gym in, in York yeah. and Alaska over here? I, I rarely have uh, gym owners on like this that have this type of thought process or, you know, be able to, to think about everything that you have to be good at and all that it takes to, to run a successful business. Um, so that's really cool to see, by the way. Um, perfect. But if you could wave a magic wand here, uh, let's say a magic business wand, have your business be in the exact position that you want it. Um, what would that look like to you? The perfect gym? You know, um, if you'd have even asked me six months ago, it would be different than what it is today. But, you know, I've been talking with a lot of clients about just our own situation here and what we're doing moving forward. And I think, in a perfect situation, you know, again, I would have, like we talked about the systems in place to uh, train coaches, to have this, this gym and the experience for the clients to be consistent across the board um, and potentially reach out into some of these small communities. And, and in Nebraska, there's a lot of small, you know, 600,000, 1500 person communities that they have to drive anywhere from 20, 30, 40 minutes to get to a gym, or they just work out at their local high school gym and do whatever they find online. Um, You know, even if it's, you know, finding a 500, 600 square foot place, putting a single squat rack and some other stuff in there, having a couple coaches trained to go there even a couple times a week um, and be able to offer some accountability and service to the people that can't get it. Um, I would say in in a perfect situation, I would have two or three small gyms that are essentially operating as satellites of what we currently have. And even if it's sending my trainers there, you know, and, and having them train a little bit or finding people that are local that I can train would, would be awesome. And so that would be something that I'd be interested in. And, and what do you think is like the biggest bottleneck that you're facing right now from being able to have the systems in play that you're looking for? Cause it seems like, you know, that that's a, a big point for you right now is to be able to figure out, you know, not only sales scripts or lead nurture systems, 
um, but but for systems for onboarding and for training training your new trainers. Mm -hmm. um, so, so what do you think are, is like the biggest bottleneck that kind of holds you back from tying everything together? Well, I think the biggest bottleneck right now is it would be staff, and and it's it's not like you know a lot of places are having trouble keeping people. You know, everybody wants to go to the next best thing, and right. when it comes to health and fitness, to ask somebody to say, hey. Uh, I want you to go through all of this training, all of this process, get a personal training certification, do all these things to work four hours a week is, is a difficult thing unless they love fitness, unless they love health and they really want to help people, or maybe it's a springboard into something a little bit later. So, you know, and I have had uh, clients and, and friends that I've asked in the past to maybe do some training, but, you know, to ask them to spend a thousand dollars on a certification to maybe work an hour or two a week it's a large undertaking. And so I think our bottleneck would be, I'd like to get maybe, you know, two more trainers here um, that would be capable of doing, you know, everything from an intro to one-on-one -on -one training kickstarts and running a group. Um, so that way, if, if I was able to find a location in a small town, um, we could share the load of going and training the staff in a way that I think is beneficial, um, you know, that, gives us the confidence that they could replicate the program there. Um, but for me to be able to physically go do it uh, would, would be almost impossible. And so um, right. I think it's primarily just finding, you know, um, like-minded individuals uh, that would be willing to, you know, spend the time and their free time to, you know, get educated uh, or, or take the education that they have just on their own and refine it into something that, insurances you know how they love their certifications and things like that like i could train everybody perfectly but without the backing of something that you know the insurances can can handle um i i would say that's probably the biggest thing would be just you know consistent staffing knowing that they're going to be around uh, as well uh, right, is right. huge and i'm very fortunate that the staff that i have right now um are awesome um and and hopefully i can keep them around for a long time yeah and are you still training right now uh, yes. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, well, they're, they're basically the, the two gentlemen that I have, you know, one of them, um, I just hired full time for the first time ever. And the other one works um, anywhere from about five to 10 hours a week uh, for me, helping with mostly kickstarts and different things. But, um, you know, they also have things. One of them's got a back powerlifting background. We're trying to expand on that. Um, the other one likes to do more of the gymnastics and the yoga side. And so we're hoping that once all of his certification stuff is complete, uh, that he'll probably expand maybe into doing some yoga and stuff yeah. and kind of growing their own, um, you know, businesses all within our business. Really cool. Cool. How, how many um, hours are you still training a week? If you don't mind me asking training them or me training clients, training clients. Um, I probably still work around 35, 35 to 40 hours a week with clients. Always hard um, to and pull, away, pull away from that. Right. I mean, it's hard to not only find trainers, like you said, that have the same like, like-minded, um, and care for your business that you have. But then sometimes I've noticed at least that it's hard to pull away from training because you feel like, yeah. you know, the, the, the member, the clients are only there for you. Right. Yeah. Well, and when, when my, my full-time guy, Jason is here, you know, I try to get into the office for a couple hours while he's uh, you know, kind of running the groups and stuff, but I'm just, I, I'm a, I can't sit still. And so I find myself getting up, going out, talking to people, coming back in doing a little bit of work. And so I'd like to get it to the point where my coaching hours are probably down to like 20, yeah. um, you know, maybe 20 hours a week, maybe like alternating afternoons and mornings uh, would be good. And then working in my intros, my consults, um, you know, the nutrition, you know, really building on some of that and spending some more dedicated time on those systems as well. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, 
focusing on the stuff that really moves the needle forward. What do you think it would it would do for you and your business if you're able to, you know, work train less hours, let's say, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week so that you could focus on the other stuff? Uh, I mean, it would be huge. And I, and I think part of it is my own inability to let go. Um, I think that's a big part of it is I just, I still have, and, and I love my staff and they're great. It's, it's something that I've dealt with my whole life. Even when I was at the hospital, like I couldn't sit still. And so um, I think part of it is, you know, I need to remove myself, you know, in order to get some of these done, I probably need to be somewhere that isn't the gym. Um, so that way I'm not distracted uh, from that. So um, even if it means taking my laptop to a coffee shop to, to make phone calls or to do, you know, some behind the scenes stuff to do payroll, whatever it is. Um, because I just, I find myself getting up out of my chair and going and, and helping, but, you know, being able to get out in the community to make some of those um, things. I, I just think everybody, if there's uh, advice that I could give anybody starting out, you know, as, as a gym owner is spend more time one-on-one -on -one with your clients and spend a lot more time, um, you know, marketing, even when you don't have to, Yeah. because like you said, it's like, you know, um, if you lose one, you almost got to get two back, you know? And so it's, it's because you got to have the things because if 10 people quit, you know, your gym might go under. And mm -hmm. so you've got to have those systems, not, not even the systems, you just got to be working ahead of time. And if I'm training all the time, I can't, you know, you can't grow the business when you're in it. I agree. I agree. And I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we do sign out of here, please give a shout out to, you know, your website, Instagram page, uh, Facebook, uh, just so the listeners could find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah. So um, I, I should have brushed up on what the actual handles are, but it's uh, our website is www.rpestrong.com. Um, we recently kind of renovated it, but um, our Instagram is uh, at uh, RPE Strength Fitness. And then I think our uh, Facebook is RPE Strength Fitness as well. And so, um, but yeah, we're, I'm not as active on social media as I uh, should be, but it's something definitely that I'm, I'm, I really enjoy again, the social media more than I used to. Um, I love to see the responses from people. Uh, best part is when, when a client, I post a video or something of a client and they get the congratulations. They get the, one of my clients, even the, he said people didn't even know he worked out. And then all of a sudden here he's, you know, deadlifting some big weights and getting people, you know, that are friends and, and coworkers saying, dang, you're pretty strong, you know? And so, you know, it's like they say, make them your celebrities. And, and I just need to do more and more of that. I love it. I love it. Jared Callio got you guys from RPE Strength and Fitness out of York, Nebraska. Um, I appreciate you once again, brother, and, and look forward to seeing what you could accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. As for the listeners, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest, the one and only Tom with Bio Show out of Phoenix, Arizona. Tom, what's going on today? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, good to be uh, visiting with you today, JJ. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Bio Show, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you get started in the first place? Well, uh, yeah, fair, fair questions for sure. I think, you know, for whatever reason, this whole kind of fitness sort of uh, health and well-being, uh, you know, concept or idea or pursuit is something that just seems to be somehow infused in my DNA. I've, you know, I played sports as a, a young person growing up. And, uh, and just kind of continued that interest that's sort of followed as a natural consequence into, you know, to training and, and uh, certainly that, uh, that carried over into nutrition and, and several of the other aspects in which, uh, you know, we're involved in the fitness industry. So I think it's really something that I just kind of fell into naturally, really. Um, and so our business model is pretty straightforward. It's like everybody else. I mean, I think what we're really trying to do, we're passionate about helping people. Uh, achieve uh, their uh, individual respective fitness goals and, and to try to do that in the most efficient way possible, you know? I love that. I love that. And, and to dive a little bit deeper into bio show here. So Tom, um, just in any gritty, well, to the bare bones basics, how many clients or members are you guys at currently? We're, we're currently at about 25 members. We, we are here uh, again, in the, the Phoenix area, we started out in very humble beginnings. Um, and again, we, in about 2017, we were beginning to grow our business and we felt as though we were looking to expand our, our horizons. So we bought a much larger build, uh, building here in the, in the Phoenix area, not too far from where we currently are, uh, and attempted to open up a larger facility with some new concepts. And, uh, and frankly, that, that did not go well for us. Uh, the, I think the timing of it was pretty tough. I think we all uh, in this industry understand how COVID has affected uh, our, our ability to, to grow uh, our business model. Um, and I say that collectively. And so we kind of ran into some of those fairly typical problems. But, but I think we also uh, ran into some challenges around introducing new ideas, which kind of is what we're up to as well. So, um, so I don't know if that gives you kind of a basic uh, idea. We, so we, we attempted again, just to kind of reiterate to close the loop on that line of thinking, we attempted to open up a larger facility. Things did not go as we had originally anticipated. So essentially we just downsized. We moved back to our original facility. Uh, and, and not unlike, you know, many other companies who have been in a position to you know, kind of regroup, uh, reduce their expenditures, 
and try to become more efficient about how we would necessarily take the next steps going forward. So that's kind of where we are today. Gotcha, gotcha. And so now I'll use myself as the avatar here, Tom, to make it simple. If I came in to Bioshock, I'm like, hey, Tom, I'm ready to get started. Let's do this thing. What would I then have to pay to become an active client? Our, our membership right now is, is about $250 per month. Okay. And yeah, and, and that includes, you know, obviously us getting you started, uh, explaining kind of what it is that we do and, and uh, just kind of helping to guide you along the way, you know, as would, as would any, any model, you know. Totally, totally, 100%. Yeah. And for you, Tom, what has been the best practice of finding new clients? You know, for us, it really has been a kind of, of in-house things. We, we rely uh, very heavily on personal referrals from people who are already with us. Uh, we found that to be a pretty strong referral basis, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. And have you guys tried any other avenues that may have been a little more unorthodox or a little, even if more common, like whether it's been social media, flyers, anything like that, has that have any other success for you down there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we uh, did the Instagram thing, Facebook stuff, you know, we put out some YouTube videos. Um, so we have dabbled in those areas a bit. Um, but again, uh, you know, I think our biggest challenge is the fact that what we're doing is so different. It's a new idea. It's, it's, uh, it's something that people are not typically used to being exposed to. So I think that's our biggest challenge is just getting people to embrace a kind of new approach to, to this whole thing we call health and wellness. Gotcha. Completely understandable. I'm sure. And I think you alluded to earlier too, where it is kind of difficult to get people to think in a completely different perspective, but regardless, I think given the right community and culture fit, you can always grow that. So absolutely. And so now what about this, Tom? Now let's say leads, clients, prospects, whatever you want to mention, we're unlimited. Right, you could have endless amounts. Hypothetically speaking, here, what would be your max on top of of clients that you could even handle on top of what you have currently? You know, we've got about twenty five folks in here right now. It's a relatively small space, so we could we could at least double that number, and perhaps uh, perhaps uh, a bit more. You know, but I would say for us, you know, in this particular small facility, we would probably max out somewhere around sixty or seventy members. And then again, we would be back in a situation where we would then obviously be looking to maybe grow the facility and, and, or the business model and get a larger facility. You know, I think our, our goal really, again, is to, and again, this is maybe a bit off topic, but, but the idea would be to, if we can get people to embrace a new idea, to actually look at a kind of franchise situation where like an Orange Theory or an F45 or some of these facilities that that look to grow the business model that way. I think that's the kind of thing that we've at least uh, discussed as a, as a, uh, a potential goal going forward for us. Gotcha. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think the fact that you have that goal in mind with where you are now is, is the biggest thing in my opinion, because when you have that, that consistent driver, that consistent outlook, like, Hey, I'm going to get here eventually. Burnout never occurs because you'll always get there eventually because you know that that's the end goal, right? So 
I love that there, Tom. And so for you, or, you know, how about you do, how about we walk through it? Walk me through the client journey, right? So if I came in and I'm interested, not ready to sign up just yet, but I'm interested. And I'm like, hey, you know, Tom, talk to me about the gym. Walk me through the client journey, right? So from being interested to then being sold a package to then being onboarded, what does it look like for you guys? Well, I mean, obviously we're, we, we operate from a, a very kind of personal perspective so that we invite people to come in and we'll spend, you know, an hour or so with people and, and, and do pretty much the kind of basic stuff. We'll take a look at their current uh, level of, of, of fitness um, and, uh, and, and essentially walk them through what it is that we do. You know, we're big believers in, in uh, passive spinal uh, mobility passively mobilizing the spinal architecture. So we'll talk to them about, in other words, look, we really try to simplify things. We're saying, look, if you really want to be your best, it's really three basic things. If you keep a really healthy spine, passively mobilize the spinal architecture, and then we like to get stronger, work on the strength component in a horizontal orientation. We can talk a little bit about that if you have any interest. But then beyond that, we help people engage in a, a, a movement practice, you know, not, not unlike a kind of, you know, sort of Edo Portal-esque kind of primal movement strategy, where we try to help people to get back in touch with how they used to just enjoy movement when they were kids, you know? And so we really talk to them about what we believe to be a really simple and elegant approach to what we call longevity training. In other words, being physically robust for as long as humanly possible, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so we would, we would take them through that, that experience, that journey and, and, uh, and, and see whether or not that was the kind of thing that resonated with them. And then again, we uh, have a, a very personal touch with people where we help to guide them sort of every step uh, along the way in that process. 100%. 100%. So let me ask this too. So it's a little bit of a long-winded question. So if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know. But, um, you know, in, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business you spread predominantly. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to spend more money with you along that process, right? Um of those three, where do you feel like you can improve the most? You know, I don't know. That that's that's a difficult question. I suppose I suppose it would be lead generation. You know, because uh, getting people uh, to take a look at what we're doing has been challenging. You know, um, so I suppose you know people that come in and 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 actually spend a little time with us. You know, our client retention is excellent. The people that are with us have been with us for you know many, many years. Uh, so I think we do a pretty good job once people are in, but I think probably our challenge would be getting people through the door, you know? And I always want to say, I appreciate the honesty and transparency there because, you know, Tom, I think oftentimes people want to come on air and highlight the good things. But the fact that you can be honest and mention where you can improve, I appreciate, the viewers appreciate I think everybody appreciates, and thank you for that. Now, last two questions for you here, and these are my two favorite questions. And the first one's going to be, what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? 
Well, again, I mean, I, I don't want to sort of try to, to, to sound too esoteric, but I think that there are a couple of areas where an honest critique of our industry would reveal that we can improve upon. So it, it sounds, I, I hope that this doesn't sound overly pretentious because that's not our goal. It's just that, you know, I'm an older guy. I've been around a long time and had a lot of personal experience with training in traditional manners and done a fair amount of what I would call a joint compromise from doing sort of traditional based kinds of heavy lifting repetitively over a period of time. So if, if we really are candid with you about our long-term goals, they would be to help to bring awareness to some really important ideas. And that are, that those two really primary ideas are that I think we can do a better job at core stabilization and more specifically targeting the deeper structures that support the spine. And then secondarily, I think we can improve our approach on joint preservation for people so that they can engage in fitness or strength training, which is obviously, as we all know, uh, an extremely important aspect of longevity, taking a muscle-centric approach to health is, is a good thing, extremely important. Um, but I think that we have to think about how we can do that sustainably and preserving our joint uh, integrity, I think is a really important thing. So if we had some major goals, I think those would be the goals that we would really like to achieve. And then I think our feeling is that if we can have some success in those areas, then I think the technology that we've developed will probably follow. And, and in other words, the proliferation of our business model and our technology will probably follow as a natural consequence. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 100%. And so last question here for you, Tom, and I think this is the primary question. And the kind of curious to see what you have to say here too. So, you know, Tom, if you can go back in time to when you first started the gym and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear um, that would have moved the needle forward the most, what would that piece of advice be for you? Well, you know, I think if we're candid about this, I think one of the mistakes that we made is a very common mistake in, in business expansion in general. And that is that we put the majority of our financial resources into the actual expansion of the gym and, and equipment that was necessary to do so. And then really, we did not have a lot of money left over for advertising. And I think that was an area where we really struggled with. Um, so if, if there was any advice that I could give to anyone who's looking to grow their business model, um, it would be to, to obviously, you know, I mean, everybody needs to think through their demographic, what they're doing, who, they're, who their audience is that they're trying to reach. But then I think have the appropriate financial resources to implement, you know, a kind of effective um, advertising strategy, you know? I love it. I love it. Look, look, that's a pretty good place to wrap things up on this episode, Tom. But before we sign out, Tom, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? Okay. Uh, sure. Absolutely. So, so right now, if anyone's interested in some of these new ideas that we're discussing, they can see in much more detail uh, what we're talking about at bioshow.com. That's really the place to go 
to begin to try to maybe understand some of these things that we're referring to. If someone will take the time to actually look at that site and read the content, I think that they'll find it uh, uh, worthwhile. 100%. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution on the podcast. And we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Now, uh, to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, click the subscribe and like button. And if you want to come in and talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.